Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Definitely got to bring in our special guest, man, because, listen, this is this is a honor for me to have this guest on the show. I've been hyping this guest up all week. Stop playing with with what we're doing over here on the breeze, dog. Uh, you got to talk about him. I mean, he's the king of the nickname, y'all. A three time NBA champion. The voice of the Chicago Bull host of the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. And in my opinion, the greatest. Chicago sports TV analyst in in history. Stop playing with a what's a Harry Carey, dog? What's a Harry Carey? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the chat, Mr. Stacey King. Stacey, what's good? Hey, hey what's, what's up, boys? On? How y'all doing? What's good, Stacey? How you feel? Oh, baby, I thought I was getting ready to come on tonight's show or something. Baby, y'all gave me that big old introduction. <laughs> hey, you deserve it, brother. You are the Man, listen, you're the voice of the Bulls for, for everybody. You see everybody in this chat right now? The voice of the entire chat right now. <laughs> so it's a pleasure hey, to have you on. I appreciate the love, my man. I appreciate the love. I tell you what, man, it's it's, uh, it's an honor to come on your show. I watch you from afar on the YouTube. Uh, I wish I could say some of the things that you're able to say on the YouTube, because trust me, if they let me curse, boy, woo, it'd be, I'd take it to another level. Well, listen, listen, look, look, we're going to be live calling the NBA finals if you want to get in here. I ain't going to lie to you, you know what I mean? Oh, okay, we okay. We for that if you want to come in and okay. you get Stacey King real I might, I might have to do that. I might have to take you up on that. Hey, it's going to be a lot of fun. First things first, we know, uh, like Zach Levine, unfortunately, going through COVID this year, you went through it, and, and you said it was tough on you. We watched you on IG First things first, how are you feeling, Stacey? I'm great, man. I'm back to 100%. Um, you know, it was it was tough, man. I mean, for all the people out there, I know everybody, you know, there's some people that don't believe in it. Some people who have experienced it know it's, it's real. Um, I'm not going to be up here, you know, telling everybody to get a shot. You know, you got your own choices. You know, do what's best for you and your family. Yeah. Um, but I would always tell people to make sure they do their homework. You know, do their own research for themselves, not so much listening to other people, a lot of propaganda out there. Do your own research, come to a, a decision um, that's best for you and your family and not based on what other people are doing. Um, because like I said, I had a brother that passed away from, from COVID and I've seen, I probably mm. lost about 12 friends that I went to school with and grew up with that died of COVID. So I've been impacted in many, many ways. So I know it's real. And I, yeah. and I had it, man, I was out, I was out from December to like almost March, you know, February, you know, so um, it knocked me on my butt and I'm a pretty durable guy. I don't miss games. I don't get sick. I yeah. uh, take care of myself, um, you know, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, but, you know, I bounced through it 
got back and uh you know like i said you know take that stuff seriously yeah i man i i i think i had to think back i think that's the first time i've really seen you miss time like that calling in, in bulls 16 day. years in 16 years pat i've only missed like five games so that, I've, been exactly. very, I've been very durable and the games that i've missed I can count them on one hand. I mean, my mom passed away and I missed three days because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got sick on the road uh, in New Jersey when Brooklyn was still in New Jersey. I got the flu. So I was out, you know, game on that. So um, I don't miss games, man. I mean, I'm I'm very durable. And, you know, I was very durable as a player. I take my job seriously. I mean, when you grow up watching your mom and dad work work their uh, tails off and my dad had three three jobs to get to me to my brothers where we need to be. Uh, so you, you have a work ethic that you, uh, that you develop, you know, mm-hmm. from how you grew up and what you saw as a kid. So I take it very seriously. I don't like to miss games. And if I miss a game, it, it's, it's serious. It's serious. hundred percent. Um, well, like you said, you haven't missed much and there's been, uh, there's been a lot to see over your time calling the Chicago bulls. So I got to ask you first question off rip. Uh, what would you say? In the last two seasons with AK coming in, Mark Eversley, the, the, all of the DeMar, Lonzo, Booch, what would you <clears> say is the biggest improvement for the Chicago Bulls, area of improvement that you've seen in the last two years? Because like you, we were, we were live calling these games. 22 wins is tough, Stace. I had to clap it up for you. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I see, I see quite a few of those. Don't sleep. <laughs> it's, it's, hey, we, we called some games where it was like, should we keep calling this? I was like, yeah. still calling it. We got to. Yeah, man. You know, you got a job to do, man. The people want to hear it. And I think, you know, what makes it a good, you know, an- analyst or a broadcaster is that you keep people engaged, you know, throughout the whole four quarters, no matter if they're down 20 or up 20, people still want to watch. And yeah. we've been very blessed, you know, um, with Neil Funk, myself, now with Adam, you know, we've been very blessed. And, and you're experiencing it too. I mean, there's been some games where the Bulls have been blown out. You know, people like to hear what you guys have to say. You guys keep it. You know, the one thing I always say about being an analyst or a broadcaster is you got to create your own lane. You know, you got to – I'm not like everybody else. I, I've created my own lane, and, I, and you know, it's really cool now because when I first started, people said I couldn't do that. You couldn't have a personality. You couldn't – you know, you couldn't – you know, you got to be straight-laced. And I was like, well, this, this job ain't going to be for me because <laughs> if you knew me as a – If you followed me – if you saw me as a player, you knew my personality. You know, I was always the guy, like, you know, keeping the team loose. You know, I, I mean, we played the dozens, you know, growing up. So I quick-witted. So, you know, that that just kind of shows in the broadcast. And, and and over the years, I think it's funny because, you know, it's like the dunk contest. You know, when you, when you win a dunk contest, everybody expects you every year to bring something back different than you did the year before. <laughs> After you win two or three dunk contests, you're like, man, I ain't got nothing else. This is all I can do. And, <laughs> you know, people criticize you. Oh, you're getting old. He can't do this. He can't do that. And it's the same way in, in being a broadcaster. It's like, you know, you um, you you come up with these one-liners. You come up with these nicknames. You come yeah. up with all these things, that these taglines that people love to hear and see. And every year they expect you to say something different every year, you know. And <laughs> so over the years, if you notice, I've kind of gotten away from the nicknames per se. You know, I don't yep. do nicknames as much. Well, one of you got to be winning to get a nickname. If you ain't winning, you can't get a nickname. Okay? <laughs> All right. So I'm just, I'm just, let's just keep it 100. No cap. Just keep it 100. If you ain't winning, you can't get a nickname. Okay. 
But if I was wondering why you didn't have one for campaign when you were Hey, hey, why you messing around? Campaign I have a lot of nicknames right now. <laughs> but but you know, it's it's you know, people you don't want to you don't want to be known just as that. Like I, I'll put my analyst game up against anybody. You know, I'll put my you know knowledge of the game, my basketball IQ, forget all the nicknames and all the comedy and stuff. Yes. I'll put my basketball acumen against anybody that's in my position, and I'll go head to head with you. And I'm I'm feeling very confident that I'm gonna come out on top. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That that's that's why we love having you here, man. That's why we really wanted to get your your breakdown on it. Like like I was saying though, where do you think in two years? I mean, we've gone from boiling, hoiling. Uh-huh. All the way. Hey, hey, Stace, Stace, be honest with me. Stace, be honest with me, Stace. Stace, be honest with me. Honest, can you get with us on that one? Honest, can you get with us on Jim? I don't want, listen, Stace, I love you at your job. I don't want, I don't want the Bulls to call you and be like, you shouldn't be talking about. Hey, let's just say this. Let's just, let's just, I'm going to be honest. I'll be 100% honest because I keep it real. That's just who I am. Um, You know, since AK came on board, um, the culture's changed. Mark Eversley, J.J. Polk, the culture changed. They showed you what they were going to do when they got here. You know, they got here and, you know, they gave, you know, Jim Bullen an evaluation and they pulled the trigger. They're like, well, you know, this is not, you know, we want to go in a different direction. And they made that first move to get Billy Donovan. That was the key right there to get the coach because the coach, you know, everybody always says, who's the leader of the team? Is it Zach? Is it Tamar? Is it, you know, whoever? You know, everybody always thinks the player's the leader. It's mm-hmm. the coach is the leader mm-hmm. because he's the general. He's the one telling y'all where to go while y'all out in the front line. So that's your leader. People always mistaken the player as being the leader. The player is an extension of the coach. If you're if your top player, and I, and I can attest to this because I'm not a guy that just – I'm just sitting here talking basketball. I played at yeah. the highest level on every level. Uh-huh. So when your best players are your leaders, they're an extension of the coach. They, they verify what the coach is saying. So if Phil Jackson, who's our leader, tells me uh, I got to rebound better, if I cop an attitude and, you know, and say, I ain't doing that, man, you don't know what you're talking about. Then I got Michael Jordan, Bill Cartwright, Scotty Pippen on my butt telling me, boy, you got to rebound better. They're an extension of the coach. They just reinforce what the coach is saying. And the respect of the your number one, two, three, it just trickles down the line. And I think, you know, and, I, and I'm going to say this, you know, people talk about, you know, Gar and Pats, you know, they, you know, they link those two guys together. It's so unfair. You cannot link uh, Pats with Gar. You just can't. I mean, I'm just sorry. And, I, and I, I love both of them. They're both friends. But, you know, Pax is a GM. His record, go back and look at his draft. He, he did look at his draft. He did okay, a lot similar to what AK did. Exactly. And yeah. people, because, you know, Gar made some decisions, questionable decisions over the last few years, Pax kind of got, you know, anchored to that, like the Titanic. You know, one, one going down, oh, y'all go down. And it's unfair. And, you know, I'm going to defend Pax. I'm going to ride or die because not only is my teammate one of the best teammates I've ever had, but people just lose sight of what he has done as a general manager. And AK is just an extension of that. AK has come in and done the same thing Pax has done. You go back when Jay Williams had that motorcycle crash, a lottery pick. That that could have that could have altered the Bulls franchise for the next ten years. How how often do you get a number two pick in the draft? It's supposed to be a generational talent, ends up almost killing himself. Yeah. The next year they go out and they get Kurt Heinrich. Then it was Ben Gordon. Then it was Lou Aldane. Then it was Joe Keem Noah. Look at the pieces that he was these young pieces through the draft that he built up. You know, you go get a Taj Gibson. 
You know, you get a James Johnson. Everybody questioned about that James Johnson. But James Johnson's been a solid NBA player for yeah. 10, 12 years. Yeah. He may not be a superstar, but he's been a great rotational player wherever he's been. Um, you know, you go out and you get, you know, you go out and get a, a, a Derrick Rose. I mean, anybody, a blind man would have drafted Derrick Rose. Let's just be real. But, <laughs> but the Bulls got the number one pick. And you remember, people were saying – to pick Michael Beasley because the Bulls yep. at that time needed a bigger guy. They needed a you know small forward, power forward guy. And with Ben Gordon and Kurt Heinrich, you already were set at the guard spot. And so then when he took a chance and drafted Derek, um, you know, I mean, you go down and look at his draft, his draft record, man, it's been impeccable. And it's unfortunate that he gets a lot of you know trash talking about him. But he got tough skin, though. You know, Pac's got tough skin, and he's been he's been in the, you know he's been a consultant with AK. And one thing I like about AK and Mark Everson, they do their homework. You know, they came in, they evaluated the team, they gave everybody a chance that that first season, that first season after we came back from COVID, they evaluated everybody, and then they recognized like, okay, we need to get we need to win now. You know, yep. we don't have time to develop. They've been developing for five six years. Mm. We need to win now. So they go out and make some moves. You know, they, you know, Wendell Carter, you know, you don't want to say, you know, it was 2020, but if they had to do it all over, maybe they change the way they, they make that move. Maybe they send Lowry to Orlando than Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. Wendell Carter Jr. turns out now that's the guy that we needed. You know, a guy that can play the four and the five position. And at that time, you know, when Wendell was here, he wasn't developed like he was in Orlando. You know, uh, when he got to Orlando, they just turned him loose. They just let him play. And mm -hmm. and here, he's playing for coaches that were more guard-oriented coaches, more three-point shooting guys. Fred Horberg was always stressing three-point shooting. Um, you know, Jim Boylan didn't really know, you know, he wasn't a three-point shooter, but he was just kind of following suit with what Fred was doing. Yeah. And so you're trying to make Wendell Carter Jr. a three-point shooter, but what he does best at that moment was playing in the post, back to the basket, uh, defense switching out on guards, which is a premium in the NBA right now. you got to have bigs that can, you know, switch out, which I'm not a fan of. So I'm just going to throw that out there right now. I'm not a fan of that at all. But yeah. that's the way the NBA is right now. But Wendell Carter Jr., I think it's one of those ones they they if they could have seen into the future – that they would have probably switched the switch that trade around, but you to get something you got to give up something. And yeah. we got Vooch. Vooch was an All Star center at that time. That was a huge move. That was the first domino. And I think the year before this year, had Zach not got COVID at the end of the season, worst case scenario, the Bulls in the playing game. And yeah. as you can see, what New Orleans did, you don't know what was going to happen in the playing game. Okay. You know, they might get hot and, and and end up getting into the playoffs and, and do the same thing that New Orleans did. And I think, you know, when you look at that first move, bam. And then this summer, they didn't hesitate. They were trying to get Ball last year. You know, they were trying to get him last year, and they couldn't swing that deal with Lowry. So they said, okay, you know, we'll wait until the summertime. We'll pull that trigger to end. They were able to get him. Uh, they were able to get, you know, AC, which I think those two signings were huge, huge yeah. for this team. Mm -hmm. Because people, you know, people tend to forget how good this team was when those guys were healthy. They were a top five defensive team oh, yeah. efficiency. Okay. Those two guys are like having four guys on the floor at the same time. You know, Lonzo Ball at the point guard position was he only played 35 games and still ended up being the second leading rebound on our team at the point guard spot. Mm. And people don't know that, you know. So, and his defense, you know, these guys you don't have to switch on, you don't have to double. Kind of like if you watch Drew Holiday in Milwaukee. 
You know, when he switches on a big guy, how many times you see Milwaukee run down there and double? They like, no, he got him. He got and him. Yeah. The same, yeah, he got him. So, and, and, <laughs> and, and Lonzo's the same way. Lonzo's guarding Giannis by himself. Yeah. Gian, you know, Giannis is a, is a beast, you know, but we never, they never doubled when uh, when that switch was. Go back and look at the tapes. They never, they never doubled when Lonzo was guarding um, Giannis because he's six foot six and he's strong. Yeah. So that's what that was the element the Bulls missed in the second half of the season. But all these moves they made, man, have been, you know, have been triples, home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, some people get up there and, you know, they'll say, well, this guy, this guy, you know, you got to remember Patrick Williams is their first draft pick. That was their first draft pick. Yeah. And Patrick Williams is going to be a stud. He's going to be a stud. Okay. And, but my thing with Patrick, and I said this, he, he's like a Ferrari. He just don't know how to drive it. It's like your daddy giving you a Ferrari at 16 because they got the money. He's like, I'm going to give you a sweet 16. I'm going to give you a Ferrari. And Pat out there stripping gears. He He's running into the curb. He don't know how to drive it. So mm-hmm. Billy Donovan is going to have to teach him how to drive it. There's some guys, as you know, you've been watching this game a long time. Yeah. You guys watch NBA games. There's some guys that come in this game that are, are like, aggressive from the start. They just go out there and they just go get it. And there's other guys that come in the league, they're not as aggressive. You got to pull that out of them. You got to show them how to do that. We always liken it to dog. You got to have dog in you. You know, some people, some people have dog in them, but they don't know how to pull it out. And that's the job of the coaching staff. That's what your developmental staff is doing. The developmental coaching is you're teaching this kid how to be aggressive, how to come out every night and, and, and lay it on the line. You know, come out there. Let your talent show, bro. Just go out there and have fun. Hoop. And that's what he did in those last few games in Milwaukee. How do you how do you get him to a point, right? Because we've talked about it on on here. Because right now, when you hear the exit interviews, it sounds like everybody on the team agrees with your sentiment. Like, no, uh, him developing is very very important to us being a championship level team. How do you balance that? That I want to see them focus on winning right now along with his development can you do both at the same time yeah you can do both at the same time I mean you look at a guy like Scotty Barnes in Toronto you know I mean uh, Siakam goes out they bring him out there I mean he developed all season long by the end of the season he was one he was arguably their best player yeah you know Mm -hmm. had he not went out in that Philadelphia series and got hurt who knows how that series would have ended up you know he missed a couple of games with a bad ankle so um but, but here's my thing with Patrick. It's year three next year. Mm-hmm. It's year three. You know, the first two years, you know, I mean, first year he played really, really good, I thought. Showed you that he can defend, you know, the better players in this league. That that's the one thing that he was – he was NBA defensive ready. He reminded me of Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler came in, Taj Gibson. Those guys came in NBA ready defensively. Their offensive game had to catch up, Okay. Patrick is NBA defensive ready as well as a 19 year old. He was out. He had a man's body. Yeah. Like you talking about a night, a teenager with a man's body. Yeah. And he came out here guarding the toughest player, his rookie year, every single night from LeBron to Giannis. It didn't matter who it was. He guarded them. So defensively he, he is on par as a very good defensive player and the ability to be a great two-way player, his offensive game. He showed you flashes that if, given confidence, given the ball, let him do something. He can do some things. And my my thing with Billy, I thought after that Minnesota game, go back to that Minnesota game, last game of the year, where he had 35, I think, and like 14 boards or something. Um, You know, he, 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 
he had he understood that it was his team. <laughs> he understood yeah. like, hey, this is my squad. I'm, I'm no one's out here. Demar, Zach's not here. You know, Vooch is here, but I'm. It's my team. And he went out there and played, looked like an all star caliber player. And that's the mentality. If you're your your coaching staff, the other players on this team, that's the mentality. You constantly got to be feeding him. You got to feed that beast in him. You know, not just give him little bitty snacks. You be feeding him some steak and tell him yeah. we need this <laughs> next year. You should be the third option on this team with Zach and Demar. Mm-hmm. You should be that third option, and nights you should be able to carry us. Hey, Stacey, I wouldn't be peeking of this show if I didn't ask, and like everyone's gonna kill me if I don't because you're here. <laughs> what is your opinion of Kobe White? I think Kobe White, and I love Kobe. I think you know they drafted Kobe thinking he was gonna be a point guard. I, yeah. I think Kobe Kobe White is a scoring guard. He's a two guard. He's six foot five. He's got good size. Um, you know, can he be a point guard? It's going to take a lot of work. He's going to have to work on his handles. His handles, I feel, are really loose right now. I think one year of college, um, because he was in college in North Carolina and the way they played, they played more of an up-tempo game where he was able to go 94 feet. Yeah. He really didn't have to learn how to come off pick and rolls. He didn't have to learn how to get his teammates involved in the half court on a regular basis. And I think that hurt him a little bit. I think it hurt his development a little bit. And then he, he had coaches here, you know, you know, that really in the beginning, not, not, not uh, Billy, but, you know, the other coaches that we had, like, especially, you know, um, you know, Boylan. Go ahead, go ahead, um, go ahead. <laughs> you know, they, they had the kid, you know, they, they had the kid making him just shoot threes. It was either a layup or a three. Yeah. And, you know, I think DeMar has shown everybody in America that you don't need to be an efficient scorer. You can average 25 to 30 points a game, still doing it the old-fashioned way. High percentage shots, know your spots on the floor. Kobe is a great mid-range shooter. Kobe is a is a very good three-point shooter. Um, I think in their offense, and I, and I said this in on the on the broadcast, there's too much standing around. There's certain guys who are standstill shooters that will knock down threes if you leave them open all day long. Okay. But there's other guys who are great three-point shooters when you get them on the move, when you come off a single-double curl actions where they're they're coming into their shot, you know? I mean, you look at look at guys in the past that are like that. Ray Allen was a, was a deadly, you know, catch-and-shoot guy. You know, Clay Thompson, guys who are playing now are guys that can come off, you know, screens and be ready to shoot the basketball. And I think Kobe's that. Zach has proven to be that type of player. Um, you know, catch it. He's one of the best catch and shoot guys in the league. His percentages show that. And I think, you know, the Bulls offense, and they're going to have to make some adjustments next year because, you know, you know, you don't have that standstill shooter. You don't have that guy. Mm-hmm. They can just sit in the corner and that ball is swung to him. He going to knife. He take 10 shots from the three, from the three point line in the corner. He's going to knock down six or seven of them. Yeah. We don't have that guy. We have a lot of guys that can that can get their own shot coming off screens, catch and shoot. I just like to see more of that on the offense because it's it's very it's very predictable when you get to the playoffs. Mm. And we saw that against Milwaukee that the Bulls offense was very predictable. Yeah. Um I wanna I wanted to ask you a question about uh Io Dasumu because yeah. I I feel like uh all three of us in this chat we bet we basically said it all season especially when uh, the Bulls drafted him, that he was a steal. But where, oh, yeah. where where he was at, how do you think a second year of development with Io, especially under uh, uh, Lonzo and AC, will help out this Bulls team? And where do you see him going eventually in the future? I, I, think, I, think, 
I honestly think Io's going to be a star. I do. I think he has the work ethic. First of all, he's Chicago. The kids from Chicago are just built differently, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're just built differently, man. Their mentality, um, you know, they're in your face. They don't back down. You know, they they work hard. You know, it's just a Chicago thing. And you can see it in all Chicago players that are in the NBA. They have that mentality. He's no different. You know, this kid has been a winner his whole life. You don't win all these championships in high school and then go to college and you win in and you know, you, 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 the kid should have been a, a top 15 pick. Everybody knows that now, yeah. but for whatever reason, you know, you get all these dudes that sit in, uh, sit in meetings who've never shot a basketball before <laughs> in their life. They never played. <laughs> the closest they could, the closest they ever played is NBA 2K. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so they're making decisions based off of, you know, oh, this guy can't shoot. You know, what position is he going to play? Yeah. Sometimes you got to do the eye test. Sometimes you got to see what he does in competition. He proved against the best competition in America that he was one of the elite guards in this league. His yep. stats show it. His awards show it. The kid can play. And that's a kid that you you have to find a position for him. If you don't think he's a point guard, you develop him. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. one thing he can do, and he's another guy that came in NBA ready defensively. Um, he, you could have you could have car you could have carved out his niche. Uh, on defense and then developed an offensive game because, you know, I was going to work on his shots. He got better as the season went along. You know, I would in the beginning, I wouldn't even take a three. He'd be wide open. He'd be like, Oh, I ain't taking, I'm driving to the basket. <laughs> but as the season went on, he started hitting that corner jumper. Then that corner jumper started falling. He started shooting from the top of the key, mm -hmm. but you saw the confidence grow. And it also helped that he got minutes because in the minute, in the beginning, he wasn't playing a lot during the preseason. Yeah. And we had, you know, everybody was stacked. We had everybody healthy. So he wasn't getting a lot of playing time. And one thing I say about Io, because he comes from a good family and he's a good kid, um, he didn't let it deter him. You know, he didn't get start pouting on the sideline. You know, he came in this league, came in this league with a chip on his shoulder, number one, for being the number 38 pick or whatever it was he was. Yeah. Um, and so when you have that big old chip and then you got that Chicago attitude too. You know that 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 that's a recipe for killing somebody. So <laughs> his attitude was, I'm I'm gonna murk everybody who's in front of me, who was drafted in front. Of me. If you if you go back and watch these games, that's a fact. <laughs> he, everybody who dra was drafted ahead of him, he was trying to kill them. Whether it was offensively or defensively, he was going. I mean, what he did to Cade Cunningham the first time they played, yep. like he shut Cade Cunningham down. Matter of fact. I saw K walking by, say, "Man, I got the keys to the handcuffs. You want to, you know, go on the shower?" Because <laughs> I had his ass locked up, and so, so, and I, and I think, I think the cool thing too is uh, AK and those guys knew as they picked mm -hmm. this kid, they knew what kind of talent he was, and for him to fall in their lap because the Bulls had no first round pick that that year last year, so for him to fall, first round talent to fall into that spot. Uh, that was a gift to them because he basically was a first-round pick that fell into the second round. And the Bulls, I, and I said this about this year's draft, I think the Bulls have 18, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, got 18. Okay. So they didn't have a first-round pick last year. And as the draft has shown over the years, there's some, some people are going to rise and some people are going to fall. And there's an opportunity because the Bulls do their homework, their, their scouts do their homework, that they could fall. Somebody could fall who's supposed to be a top-10 pick could fall to 18. And all of a sudden, boom, you got a lottery talent at 18. So, you know, I, I or and you know, Bulls got a lot of options. You know, I mean, they, they can trade the pick, they can do a lot of different things. You know, I, I don't I, I trust AK and Mark. I got 100 percent confidence in those guys that they're gonna do the right decision, what's gonna be best for this team. Cause I think 
that Milwaukee series uh, showed you what you were lacking and showed mm-hmm. you what we needed. And, yeah. you know, as long as Giannis is in this league, <laughs> you, know, I hey, you, might, you might want to get a Giannis stopper. Yeah. You might want to get a Giannis stopper. I, is I that is that is that like the Jordan stopper though? You know what I mean? Like, hey, like how many Jordan stoppers were there? I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you that dude. First of all, listen, I and I love Giannis because I, I saw him come in as a rookie, and I saw it's like that he was like he was just like a deer, like a little baby deer. You know, he didn't know all his skill level. He was just running around. He had a, a motor, you know. But the one thing about this kid, man, he works hard on his game. That's why I don't want to hear nothing about Ben Simmons not being able to work on his game because if guys like, you know, Lonzo can work on his jump shot, a guy <laughs> like Giannis can now be a serviceable three-point shooter, why the yep. hell can't Ben Simmons? Because Ben Simmons is too busy being Hollywood. You know, he's he too busy. They, exactly. Well, you know what? Listen, I'm never, I'm never going to question anybody's, you know, mental health because that's just not – I mean, you don't know what a person is going through. But, you know, I will say this. You know, and I've heard this from a lot of people. He doesn't spend a lot of time working on his game. And so in the summertime, he, when he when he looks at it as being off season, it's really off season for him. He breaks, he breaks. When he when they say when they say one, two, three, can two, he take that seriously. <laughs> he already got a ticket and a and a, and a suitcase. He already gone. Hey, in game three. In game three. Like, Y'all up three one. Where you going? Ben, ben uh, where you going? Ben, where you going with them sunglasses? Uh, I'll be hey, back, Stacey, I w- I'll be I back next ask October. You, this real quick. Um, you mentioned us having a win now mentality. Like they want to win now, real, realistically. Yeah. And um, with Giannis that you mentioned, you know, the Nets and all those situations, just really how the league is kind of balanced out. What is our realistic window? And if you could speak to it, you know, if you can, uh, what is the piece that we're missing to really be true title contenders? Well, I think, listen, there's levels to this. You know, there's levels to this. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you know, I always tell Bulls fans this because, you know, so we got the best fans in the world. It was proven this year um, as far as attendance, you know, two and away and home. Number one team in attendance. We've got the best fans in the world. And they know basketball. You know, they're not, you know, Chicago's a sports town. They know they sports here. You And they're loyal. You know what I'm saying? You know, in New York, you know, they boo you if you're the, the first pick and they don't like you. Boo! You know, <laughs> you know Philadelphia. Wow. They fans turn on you. Everybody, you know. But but our fans, our Chicago fans, ride or die with us. You know they they've been that way from the beginning, uh, since I was a player here. You know, and you have to appreciate that. And I think the front office understands, you know, what it what the fans want and and what they deserve. And I think that's when they're looking at these these the situation. There's levels to this. You know, we we go from a team didn't make playoffs in five six years to now we there. And you know, and I think what happened was is the way we started. You know, we've been we were number one probably 65 percent of the season, you know, number one and number two in the league, not just our conference, but in the league. And then COVID hit. I don't think COVID hit anybody's team more than it hurt our team. And I'm being honest, like I think everybody on our team, Zach had it twice. So, I mean, we, we it ravaged us. I mean, there was a time, man, where like we had so many players out. uh Man, we was, we was me and Bill was thinking about coming in there and look, suiting up. I was good for I was good for about six fouls and the three point shooting. If you want, I'm just gonna shoot threes. I'm not gonna run back on defense. Don't even ask me. So I'm you're just standing. I'm I'm gonna stand in the corner and I'm just throw it to me. Okay, so I can yell sriracha every time I shoot it. Sriracha. I'm gonna yell it every time, even if I miss. I'm gonna yell sriracha. So you but, was Tristan. So you was Tristan. Yeah, no, 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 no. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. 
Yeah, so I so I did so I did have another question about the uh about the uh you know because we 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 do we do give our nicknames on the show, you know. I've I've given out a couple. We we, we Ringo Ringo's our resident nickname giver. I'm not gonna lie, he's pretty good at it. <laughs> how do you how do you go about giving the nickname to 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 a player? Because because my, my mindset is always being if you're not hooping, I I I, I can't just you can't just be out here giving the name. Like they they was trying to gift Matt Thomas. What 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 did they try to say for Matt Thomas? Maddie Legend or something like that. Maddie Legend. I don't no, know about that. Not, I I said on the court. I, thought, I, I, I can't give you a name if you ain't on the court. So it's just like you know, how do you go about giving I, I a nickname? And, and how do you go I about giving Jimmy, a metaphor? I, I just wanted to talk to you about that. Oh, did he freeze on us? Oh no. Oh no, did we lose Stace? Here played eight minutes a game. Oh, there you go. Okay. He walks up to me, he says to me, he says, uh, Stace, he's like, how do you give me a nickname? I said, well, Jimmy, I said, be honest, you ain't eight minutes a game. So he's like, he's like, well, can you, give, can you please give me a nickname? So I said, all right, the next time you get in, I'll have a nickname for you. And that was the first time anybody ever asked me for a nickname. Like, he was the first guy. So he goes in the game. We're blowing somebody out. Jimmy gets in about maybe 10 minutes. You know, you got 10 minutes of playing time. And he scores a couple of buckets. And then I, I called him, you know, Jimmy G Buckets. The G stands yeah. for gets. And then he came back the next day. He's like, oh, man, man, that's the greatest nickname. All my friends heard it. Da, da, da. So that's how Jimmy G Buckets was created. <laughs> and this is when Jimmy was only playing eight minutes a game his rookie year. And yeah. so it stuck. Jimmy Jimmy got a endorsement deal with Nike now. You got a Jimmy G Buckets line everything. Yeah. But he ain't seen his boy no gear. You know what I'm saying? I, oh, I blow all man. these dudes up. I blow all these dudes up. The white mamba with uh with Seattle Brini. I blow all these dudes up, man. And I'm glad for them and I'm happy for them because it's it's really cool yeah. for them. Um, but when they blow up, I'm always teasing, like, yo, man, I, I can't get no t-shirt. <laughs> I can't, I, I can't get no free gear. Dang. Yeah. Hey, hey. Oh, oh, oh the cookie monster. Okay. <laughs> so so I give, I give, you know, it, it, it's just when you play street ball. You know, yeah. you play street ball, you talking trash, you know, give me the cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So that's how my most of my stuff comes off of how I was playing street ball and just playing the dozens and just, you know, just talking trash, you know, get trying to get people mm -hmm. out of the game. So, you know, I came up with, you know, I came up with the cookie monsters, you know, when they when anybody stealing, you know, steal a ball, I'm like, cookies, you know, <laughs> and so that and that took off. Like yeah. that took off this year. So and what what do I see? I see Caruso. He got a he got, he a got the cookie monster shirt on. Yeah, he's a cookie. I was like, <laughs> that's, that's what's great. up. That's how they did you, Stace. We gonna make sure you get a shirt from us though. <laughs> for sure, yeah. We gotta get we gotta get you some merch uh, uh, from us for sure, Stace. Uh, uh, we 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 gotta make some custom merch for you, Stace. You're a large fella. Uh, <laughs> but I do I do want to we we know we want to be respectful of your time. I know you said thirty minutes. We appreciate you being so. Oh great man, I'm having a blast on here, bro. Hey man, I gotta I gotta ask you this because you talked about toughness, talked about having that dog in you, Stace. Yep. Uh oh. I can't let you get up off of here without asking you about how you showed that dog versus your Hall of Fame head coach the first time you met him. 
Oh, <laughs> hey! I heard you tell the story once on the air, and I was like, "He's gonna tell this story." That's a that's a that's a that's a legendary uh, situation. Not too many people knew about it until I brought it up one day. So I come here on my workout, you know, my draft, you know, and the Bulls had the sixth pick. And so when you come in here, when you're a lottery pick, you really don't work out. You just meet with the front office. They ask you questions, yada yada, you know, and then you're on your way. So when I came here, Doug Collins was the coach. And so they had just won 50 games the year before and got beat, I think, by Detroit uh, in the second round uh, after they had beat uh, Cleveland, upset Cleveland. So that was that was the start of the Bulls, basically, uh, dynasty run. And so when I came here, uh, Johnny Bach, uh, the late great Johnny Bach, the defensive the defensive king of uh, the Bulls' great defense yeah. uh, wanted me to work out. They wanted to see my quickness. They wanted to see me run the floor. And so I was like, well, my agent, which was David Falk, which was Michael Jordan's agent at the time, he told me not to work out. So don't work out. Don't do anything because if you get hurt, it's not guaranteed, yada, yada. You know, so I'm like, and I'm competitive. Like, I don't like, you know, you come at me, I'm, a, I'm, I'm ready to go. That's just me. Even now, I mean, you say something to me, it might be go time if I don't like it. You know, so <laughs> So he's like, uh, we want you to work out, yada, yada. I'm like, nah. As my agent said, no, what are you? And he called me the P word. And so he said, what are you, a P? And I'm like, you know, ain't nothing but, you know, ain't nothing in Oklahoma but, you know, steers and whatever, you know, in the office. And oh, no. We're losing Stace. Connection ain't coming back, is it? Oh no! Oh, we lost. We Stace. lost Stace. Oh no! Oh, oh, good story. Hopefully, we'll be able to get Stace back, man. That's one of my. Oh, there we go. I'm back, baby. He's back. That was that was Steve Jackson. Hey. Jackson tried to, he tried to cut me off. He don't want the story told. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so anyway, so anyway, we're we're. Uh, we're doing these post moves. So Jerry Krause says we want to put, give you a little resistance, yada, but it's not going to be physical. So all of a sudden here comes this guy coming through the door. So I watched bulls games because Harvey Grant was Horace's twin. And at Oklahoma, we used to watch a lot of bulls game on WGN. So I always had an insight of, you know, the bulls practices and what goes on behind the scenes. So um, I thought this was Dave Corzine. And so Dave, you know, he's coming in, you know, bushy hair, gray, you know, tall, about 6'10". So I'm thinking it's Dave Corzine. So I'm like, well, they're going to put me up against Dave Corzine. And then Dave Corzine is like, you know, fighting for another contract or something. You know, he might try to take it out on me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, I got to get ready. So we're, we're he's, he's putting up some resistance. And they say, all right, we want you to crab dribble to the middle, spin baseline. So, all right, cool. So as I went to go do that move, it got a little aggressive. So Dave Corzine, who I thought was being a little too aggressive. So as I go to baseline, he fouled me hard. Like, I mean, literally fouled me hard. Like, like the foul was across the head. Like you saw last night with uh, mm. Dylan Brooks. Yeah. 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 Those were the nineties fouls right there. That was, regular. So that was just a regular foul. Yeah. <laughs> so he knocks me to the ground. And then he said, I go, man, what did you, I, I get up and I start cursing at him. And then he told me, he said, just play. He used the P word on me. So I said, oh, okay. I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to. I'm, okay, you want to play like this? Oh, it's on. So next play, Doug and them saw what was happening. So they wanted to see how I respond. So they said, right, let's do that same move again. I said, cool, let's do it. So 
Phil Jackson really don't want this story. Phil Jackson is hating on <laughs> Stace right now, bro. Phil Jackson really don't want you to get this They're they not trying to let my mans be great, bro. Still is, why oh, they, let, you got you to let House finish this one. <laughs> I don't care how many times he got to come back. I want to hear this story, dog. <laughs> Stace, if you can hear us, we can't hear you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you froze on the screen for us right now, Stace. Unfortunately, man. Let's see if the internet come back. Let's see. Let's see. He's going to be back. He gonna be back. He gonna be back. This this the thing. This is the thing, right? Legendary moment, right? Stacy Stacy make a lot of money, man. What's up with the, what's up with Comcast? What they doing to my boy out here, man? <laughs> Stacy make a lot of money out here. What's going on with Comcast? Let's see. That's usually the signal that he back in here. I like how we all just pause. We really just I, waiting on. You know the one. best thing about it though, just the just while we get him going, the fact that he mentioned that that was a regular file. Like they get called for flagrants on stuff that was super regular back in the nineties. Like Phil don't want this story getting out this thing. <laughs> Hold on. Is he freezing again or is it oh, oh, stays? What's Frozen going on? Here? It's all right. It's all right. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if we can get him back in here, man. Dog, that's tough. Why they hating on my boy? Bro, that, they they not trying to let my man be great. Yo, what's happening? <laughs> bro, I'm salty right now. I ain't going to lie to you. Bro. I'm salty right now. <laughs> I ain't going to do states like that, man. He been froze. Y'all know they going to meme him. Y'all no. know they going to do everything in the states. They going to do states like that. Hey, states, if you can hear us, man, uh, 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 and, and hop back in, hop back in. Listen, we'll let you back in as many times as we got to. It's not a <laughs> It's nothing for us. Um. Why we, I get, should I do the ad read now? I don't want to do the ad read. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. If they stop hating. Nah, I think his, I think his internet, they hate me. I see you got, there you go. There you go. Can you see me? I see you again, Stace. Oh man, I'm telling you, man. I don't know. It might be some midget on the cable upstairs. I don't know who's doing it. So real quick before they cut me out again, because I know they're somewhere around here. So he fouls me. I throw the ball at him when I dunk on him. He tried to come at me. I tried to come at They had to separate us. So as I'm yeah. walking out, they break it up. So Jerry Krause tells me, he's like, hey, go shower. Go shower. Go cool off, whatever. So I'm starting to walk back to, to take a shower in the health club that we used to practice at. And uh, our strength assistant strength coach was named Eric Helen. So he asked me, he said, man, well, we like that, man. We need more players like you that, you know, will, you know, stand up. Yeah. And I go, yeah, man, I don't play that, man. Um, you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. And so he was like, you know who you got? You know who you got into it, right? I said, yeah, Dave Corzine, old ass. So he was like, <laughs> he was like no, no, that wasn't Dave Corzine. I'm like, that wasn't Dave Corzine? Dog. Right at the punchline. <laughs> right at the punchline. The internet hating on Stace, man. Salty, brother. I'm not going to lie. I'm mad salty right now. That was the internet telling him he couldn't come back. <laughs> hey. That was him telling him, hey, don't cuss out Phil Jackson. Hey. Yeah. So that wasn't Dave Corzine. Yeah. So one day Corzine was Phil Jackson. And so when I found out that he was assistant coach, the life went out of me. Like it just drained out of me, like this, like those hourglasses, and I was yeah. like, "Man, they're not gonna draft me. I done messed up now." You know? <laughs> but but I didn't think I was gonna slip to six anyway. 
And so when Doug drove me back to the airport, you know, Doug was like, you know, telling me, yeah, we need players like you. You know, we got to battle the Pistons. And back then, that's what they were drafting people for. They weren't drafting to win a championship outright. They were drafting – the goal was to win a championship, but the goal was to get by the Pistons because if we don't get by the Pistons, there's no championship. Yeah. So that's how they drafted guys. You know, um, myself, BJ, we had three first-rounders that year on a 50-win team. You know, our draft class was the reason why they had because the Bulls had won 50 games. You got Michael Jordan, who's now ascending as the greatest player in the game. And uh, you got Scottie Pippen, who's starting to turn the corner. So the Bulls, the rich got richer. And so that draft, you know, you got three, you got three All-Americans, two All-Americans, first team All-Americans coming in that draft to play roles, not to be starters, but to play a role. Yeah. You got. I'm the number one. I'm the top three scorer in the country coming out of Oklahoma. I went to a championship in Oklahoma. You know, I'm a player of the year. Yeah. And I'm averaging almost almost 30 points a game. And now you're telling me I'm coming to a team now. I'm just a piece of a puzzle. You know, whereas I go to the Clippers, I go to a team that's losing. I'm playing right away. You know, my career is totally different as yeah. a player if I go to a team that actually needed me that was losing. When you go to a winning team that's won 50 games, you got the greatest player. I mean, I got two of the top 50 players, top 75 players of all time on that roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're playing with Hall of Famers. We didn't know they were Hall of Famers at the time, but we knew that they could be Hall of Famers. But, yeah. you know, you didn't know Michael was going to be the greatest player. He was still ascending. Yeah. But in that team, you think about it, six out of eight championships, you know, that's a dynasty. And the two, the two that we didn't win, had Michael not went to go chase curveballs, we'd have, we'd have won Houston's titles. And they keep saying when you, it's funny listening to Kenny Smith and these guys. I'm like, Ooh. no, they wouldn't have beat us. They wouldn't have beat. Let me tell you something. MJ ain't losing in the finals. I don't care what nobody says. I don't care what nobody says. That dude, that dude's elevation of his game is totally different in the playoffs than what you see in the regular season. That's why I respect that dude, man. That dude, not only did he bring 82 games, but once them playoffs kicked in, boy, them great players like Larry Bird, you know, Magic, you know, uh, Michael, they went to another level, a level that you didn't think they could go to. They went there and they dragged you with them. So when that's the elevation of a GOAT, seriously. When people talk about that, and I'm not discrediting, um, you know, LeBron James because we live in an era right now where, you know, people see him more. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But people who, after seeing that last dance, this younger generation who just thought Michael was the guy who sold shoes, and they saw that <laughs> last dance, and they were like, whoa, whoa, this dude was for real. Yeah, My mom and dad told me about this dude. I'd never seen him until I saw this. And now there's a whole new uh, generation of people that have the respect for Michael that he probably didn't have if that last dance didn't go out. Same thing with Scotty. <clears throat> you know, Scotty, you know, I know Scotty feels like he's been slighted. You know, he doesn't feel like he gets the attention that he deserves. Scotty was a hell of a player. Mm-hmm. Scotty's a hell of a player. I'm going to tell you right now, ask any teammate to play with Scotty. We don't, you know, Michael might not win six titles without Scotty. He might have won one, but mm. Scotty was that, Scotty was that other. He was that other. He, as far as talent, like you got the greatest player on one side. And you got the greatest small forward on the other side that's just as equally as talented and equally can change the game 
in so many different ways. Scotty defensively, oh my God. You you I mean the length and the way he could defend anybody on the floor one through five, I think people don't give him the credit that he deserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, we don't win those titles without Scotty Pippen. And I tell you, every teammate you guys would talk to, they tell you the same thing. Scotty is the was the greatest teammate I ever played with. Because when MJ would get on you, because MJ would, MJ would get on you, Scotty be that the good cop to MJ's bad cop. Mm. You know, and uh, but I but you have to be a strong personality, and those guys who played on those championship teams, all six of those those championship teams are were strong mentally. You know, not just physically, but strong mentally. Because you gotta be you gotta be mentally strong playing with Michael Jordan. Seriously. You yeah. got to and and to play with Phil Jackson, because Phil Jackson, you know, doesn't get the credit he deserves as a great coach because it's like, oh, he just rolls the ball out there and everybody just plays. They just mm-hmm. hoop. Now you got to have somebody managing egos, and when your number one player, uh, you know, uh, and that's what I'll say about Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause don't get the credit he deserves of being a great general manager. If his name was Jerry West, he'd be the greatest general manager of all time. How do mm. you win? How do you win six titles on two different teams and don't get considered one of the greatest GMs of all time mm-hmm. because of his beef with Michael Jordan? I think people, you know, uh, have taken that into consideration where you have to look at the body of work. This man took two different, complete championship teams to a title, to three three titles. Yeah. The only constant was Michael and Scotty off those teams. Mm. That's yeah. amazing. That that is that is crazy when you think about it too, because like and, and just just seeing what Scotty was able to do with those teams defensively as an anchor, and then seeing kind of like how do you keep winning championships? A lot of people don't give credit to the fact that Scotty's back was messed up yeah. in, the, in that second three-peat. He was out there, but he was out there a lot of times like how Larry Bird was out there at the end, wasn't he? Yeah. And, you know, Scotty gets a bad rap because of the migraine game. And, you mm-hmm. know, because I, I I will honestly tell you, you know, like in 90, in 90, 89, 90, when the Pistons beat us and Scotty had the migraine game, okay, game seven. We had to play game seven in Auburn Hills. We had crushed them in Chicago the game before. And people don't remember this because it's been so long ago and then the team has won championships since. But in that series, John Paxson had a great game in game six, hurts his knee, can't play in game seven. Hmm. Scotty has a migraine headache. And I've never had a migraine headache, but I've seen the effects of it around people around me. It's no joke. Okay, it's no joke. And Scotty, Scotty's head was so bad. Like he cried. It was hurting him so bad. He cried all the way because the airplane flying on the plane even irritated even more. And he was in tears going into Detroit. Double vision. And he tried to go. And people, you know, people gave him grief for that. Oh, he saw blah, 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 man. You never know what athletes are going through, man. It's easy to sit back and and, and cast stones and go, oh, I would have done this. I would have. No, you wouldn't have. just stop just stop stop. i mean again if you play 2k you could probably do it you know you got a migraine headache you sitting in just turn the lights off and go play you know what i'm saying but athletes go through so much that's why i will never jump on as far as the ben simmons situation because i don't know about his mental health he may have mental health but that doesn't change the fact that before all that his game he didn't work on his game okay so you know before all that he still didn't have a jumper and From your era, who was the most underrated, if you don't mind me asking? Who do I feel is the most underrated player? Uh, I'll tell you. I'll give you a name real quick. Mark Price. Mark Price from Cleveland. 
Mark Price is Mark Price was doing what Steph Curry is doing now. Mm. Think about that. Go back and check out Mark Price. Mark Price was his handles were unbelievable for a guard. Listen, Cleveland, Cleveland had the bad luck of running against Black Jesus. Okay, let's just be honest. <laughs> if 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 Mike if if MJ is not in that conference, Cleveland gets a title. They win one or two championships with that squad they had. Ron Harper. Brad Doherty, uh, Larry Nance, Hot Rod Williams, uh, John Battle. They had a squad, bro. They had a squad. Yeah. Uh, Mike Sanders, Gerald Wilkins, uh, Craig Elo. They 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 were deep, but they had to, they had just like listen. When MJ was in the league, nobody ate. Craig Elo gets no respect. No, no, nobody <laughs> ate. There was no there was no leftovers. There was no sharing of the food. You New York didn't eat. Atlanta didn't eat. You know, <laughs> Cleveland didn't eat. Nobody ate. The Lakers didn't eat. Celtics didn't eat. Nobody ate as long as 23 was out there running around. Yeah. When he when he left to go chase curveballs, everybody was lining up like they was at Sizzler. Oh, we got a chance. Let's go down. Uh, all you can eat. All you Yeah, okay. And Scotty, and Scotty almost a bad call uh from Hugh Hollins in New York. That might be a whole Scotty might have taken that team to the finals. That's a that's a whole different dynamic that I think people don't give credit for. No. And I, I, I think I think I, I'd love to give you an opinion. And listen, Stace, I hope we're not holding you from nothing. No, no, no. I'm I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm just I'm bad. I'm cutting out on you. I'm telling you, Phil Jackson's cutting my line. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're good. Listen, we love having you here. This is this is the best show of the week. Uh, <laughs> in your opinion, right? What changed how fans and more so organizations looked at teams, right? Because there was, there was time in your era of basketball for development. There was time for like, people always remember Jordan winning championships. They don't remember the stories about, Oh, Jordan, a scorer can't win an NBA title. That's not how NBA championships are built. And then as it continues to go, you know what I'm saying? Like you stuck with the guys that you picked. Where did how did we get to the point where now if you're not good within two, three years, you're out of here? Well, because there's impatience. You know, there's impatience. And plus, Pat, a lot of guys are coming to this league 18, 19 years old. You know, when we were coming in, we were coming in three, four years out of college. We were Ready. 21, 22 years old. So the development for us is one or two years tops where you're bringing an 18-year-old in here, man, it could be five years before, you know, before he really reaches where his potential should be. And a lot of teams get impatient. You know, they got to win now because their fan base is hungry for winning. Their owner wants them to win now because there's so much money involved. So the pressure of winning is there. Um, but it's been proven. You look at a team like, you know, like I'll use Milwaukee as a, as a case. You know, in order to win a championship in this league, you got to keep your core pieces together. That's why AK and them are so uh, hell-bent on keeping Zach and mm -hmm. keeping the team that they got together because they got some really good pieces, and you build around those pieces. What made our team so successful in the 90s was they, you know, Jerry Krause drafted great. He already had a, a core nucleus. Our core nucleus was in their 20s. MJ wasn't even 30 yet. Yeah. So now, now you go get some veteran players. You go get a Cliff Leviston, sign him, specialty players, Bobby Hansen. You know, Dennis Hobson, whatever you particularly need to to help your team get to that next level, that's what you do. But your core group is your seven or eight guys that you that you know is your core group, and you bring in the pieces that you need. And I think that's what AK and Mark are doing is they see their core group 
And it's like, yeah, we know we got to sign Zach. Zach's going to get the max. They're not going to let Zach go. Because you know what? If you let Zach go and let's say you don't want to pay him, um, who are you going to come in here? Who's going to come in here and, and take his place? Where, when are you going to find the mm-hmm. next Zach Levine? Okay? Because you got lucky with losing Jimmy Butler. Okay? Because go back to that trade. Go back to that trade. <laughs> we can't build it you know, around the guy that shoots and plays defense. Exactly. Huh? Exactly. And, 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 and the Bulls were vilified for that. Okay. And Jimmy, you know, Jimmy is a two-way player. He was he was just ascending into all-star ability. And but you've seen Jimmy since he's left. You know, Jimmy's been, you know, been a lot of different places and, and caused disruption. And I love JB. Yeah. You know, I thought JB got a little of that Hollywood in him, you know, and and, and mm-hmm. you know, all young players do though. You know, all young players do. When they get success and it comes quickly, you know, they don't know how to handle it unless they got a, a good inner circle that can pop that head when it gets too big. Okay. But you look at Zach Levine. We got Zach Levine in the trade. He was coming off ACL surgery. Yep. He was the third option in Minnesota behind Cat yep. and Wiggins. Okay. So then once we got him, we don't know what kind of player he is. We get Lowry Market in that trade. We get Chris Dunn in that trade. We got some valuable pieces, and none of those kids were all-stars. We were getting players to develop. And that's where Paxson them really, you know, you had to get what you could for JB. Um, and, you know, they weren't being held hostage. You know, most teams were trying to trade them for a bag of Doritos. You know, you you know, you know, get rid of all-star, you got to get some talent in return. You, you don't just want, oh, we'll take two seconds and, a, and one first. No, man, you got to get some talent because you, that losing that kind of player depletes your roster. Yeah. You know, losing Jimmy Butler and not getting anything returned is like losing two or three players because of his impact on both ends. So they were able to get Zach off ACL. People are like, why did you get Wiggins? Why did you get Cat? Well, because they weren't going to trade those. So yeah. you had to get what you could. We'll take your seventh pick. We'll take Chris Dunn, who was a lottery pick the year before. And we'll, you know, we'll take, you know, Zach Levine. So then I consider Zach Levine a um, homegrown bull talent because he developed here. He, yeah. he became an all-star here in Chicago. He didn't, he wasn't an all-star in Minnesota. Yeah. So he developed here and became a two-time all-star and Olympian in Chicago, a homegrown Chicago player per se, mm-hmm. even though we didn't draft him, he became all these things that, you know, I don't think Minnesota thought he could do because if they did, they probably would have traded one of the other guys first. Yeah. So we got him and, and you saw what he did. And I think, you know, I think AK comes from that same mold is like, you know, Get your core group together, build around what do we need? What do we need to to be able to get to that next level? Because this level, we we can stand pat right now and still make the playoffs with a team we have next year. But how far realistically can we go with that same team? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you got to be real. So yeah, we're good enough to get to the playoffs. We're good enough to be anywhere from six to, to eight, you know, to be in the playoffs. But if we're healthy, I think we're a top three team. But where can we get better? We need it. We need we need another shooter. We need a knockdown shooter, and those guys are hard to find, man. It's, it's, I mean, you're not gonna walk around and find Kyle Corvers walking around. You know, JJ Reddicks. Them yeah. dudes, they they're not around. If they are on somebody's team, they're already locked in. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta find somebody on somebody's bench, and that's what I would be doing if I was like, and I'm sure the Bulls do this. But if I was ever coaching, if I was ever a general manager of a team, I would have my scouts watching the the role players on other people's teams. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I, I used to tell Paxton them all the time about the kid Jackson Hayes for New Orleans. Yeah, he, and Stan Van Gundy wasn't playing him at all. Wouldn't get no run. And I, I told Paxton, I said, man, you probably get that kid for a hot dog and and some fries and <laughs> So Make that trade. 
make that trade. And then yeah. right, right when we, right when I said that, probably about a month earlier, I had said that uh, a lot of their guys got hurt and he played against us. We were in New Orleans and he got in the lineup against us and had a huge yeah. game, like a double, double blocking yeah. shots. And that was the end of that dream, you know, um, <laughs> but there are certain guys out there. There are certain guys on people's benches that um, can help you that can come in and give you, and you can get them on the cheap because you remember you got, you know, there's a salary cap, <laughs> you know, you yeah. know, on 2k, we can do whatever we want to on 2k. We can trade whoever force, we want. Force we trade. Oh yeah. Man. But in real life, it don't work that way. You got to have a salary cap. You got guys to pay. Think about this. You've got, you know, you got to pay Zach. You got Vooch's up after next season. You know, you don't know what that situation is going to be because he's playing next year for a new contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're going to get a motivated Vooch. I think oh, you'll yeah. get a Vooch. I think you'll get a Vooch that you saw in Orlando. You know, I think he's <laughs> coming in and play. But, I, uh, you know, you got Kobe White. You got Kobe White's uh, rookie deal. I think they, they could negotiate this summer with him. Yeah. Um, they've got a lot of things they got to do to take care of their regular guys. And then you got to ask yourself, how many of these guys are – who do we look at as foundational players? Like who are the you know who's on our roster right now that we say these guys are it for the next two or three years because you got Demar I think for another two or three yeah. and if you sign Zach you'll have him for four maybe five so in that time frame you got Patrick Williams who's still on his rookie deal so you're pretty set with your young players and Io you know it's just now you just got to go out there and find the the complementary pieces that can take you to the next level I, I'd, I'd like to see him get another big. Um, somebody can uh, rim protect um, and block some shots, but also score on the in the, the back to the basket because that's still a lost art. I don't care what anybody says. And you look at the playoffs. If you if you're not making shots like Milwaukee last night, you know Milwaukee they get away with playing defense the way they do by giving up the three. Well, it bit them in the butt last night because yeah. Boston did everything they threw up, and that's a gambling defense. And they were able to get away with it for the Bulls because the Bulls couldn't make any threes. Yeah. You know, Bulls shot 50-some threes in the last game. I think they made 14. They're like 12, 14 of 52. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, you're not going to beat teams like that. If they hit three more threes, it might be a different game. But um, 52 threes only knocking down 14, you know, that's – you got to get a shooter. You got to get somebody that can make shots. Um, and I think everybody on your roster, guys, should be able to play. I, I really do. I think, you know, when guys go out, you can plug people, the 12th man in, and he can go out there and do work for you. That's that's you look at all the teams that are like going to go deep in the playoffs. Everyone on their roster can play. Look at Phoenix's roster. Phoenix, when they go to the bench, you got everybody laughing. Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne's like one of the best backups in the league right now, coming yeah. behind Chris Paul. You know, you got all these guys, these teams that have great role players that can come in and play bigger roles if needed. And I think that's where the where the Bulls need to to strengthen too is that they have to have a deep team that. Every one of those guys can play if we run into a COVID situation or we run into a game where, like, let's say, you know, like we just saw Lonzo Ball miss the second half of the season. You know, we brought, you know, you got Io in there and you got Caruso, who is also out. Who's going to come in? Matt Thomas. You know, you got to have guys that can come in there that can actually hold down the fort to get everybody back. Do we do we have so, that and it was an injury situation or it, right? Because, like, we – uh, uh, after you know, after we do we do the post game show for all the games, everybody's in there. You got you only got five points off your bench. It's like, yeah, that's because our bench is in the starting lineup. Yeah, like, yeah. do we have that currently on this team? And we were just overly injured, dealing with a ton of injury, or is it something that, like you said, you have to go out and get? Well, I mean, 
we had it. I mean, injuries happen to everybody. It's part of the game. Yeah. Um, we all know that it was a different team limping into the last month of the season. It was a totally different team. Okay. Um, having Lonzo out, having Caruso out. I mean, that just, that just alters the way you play. And we became, you know, we go from a top five defensive team to, you know, a bottom five defensive team. That's a huge drop. You're not talking just dropping five spots going from number five to 10. You're talking about number five to like 30. Like, yeah. that's a huge drop. And when you can't stop people on defense, uh, if you're not making shots and you can't stop them, it's yeah. a recipe for disaster. So, um, to your point, yeah, I mean, do you want to – I mean, could we go back with everybody we had last year? Yeah, we could, okay? But I think we've got – I think, you know, if, if our guards are healthy, you only need four guards, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You only need four guards. You need two starters and then two guys can come off the bench that can that can play multiple positions. Because I we had about three, seven. Huh? <laughs> I said we had about seven, eight. That was, yeah, we, that we was had more line. We had guards, more guards. guards. We, had, we had more guards than you know the bigger players. And I and I think you get four guards, you know, two two of the guards coming off the bench. Let's just say, you know, next year you start Lonzo, you start Zach, you start, you know, DeMar. You start Patrick Williams and you start Vooch. That's your five starters right there. You're yeah. coming off the bench with Io and Caruso as your guards in that spot. Okay, so you lock there, you know, in the in the guard spot. Now you got now where you got to say is okay, wh- who's my small forward in that group, in the second group? Who's that power forward? Who's going to come in and be able to play the four and the five for me in that group? Because right now that's where we, to me, that was our Achilles' heel because you're playing Javante Green at the power forward position. Yeah. He's not a power forward. He's he's a, he's really a guard. He's 6'3". Yeah. But he's tough and he's and I love that kid. He's a kid that you want on your roster and that 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 on that roster somewhere on that roster because of his versatility. But you know, Derek Jones. I love Derek Jones. You know, but Derek Jones doesn't have the the physical strength to play that 4 and 5 position in a small ball 5 lineup. He can he's great at that. But how often are you playing a small ball 5? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's so, so I, I had a, I had a kind of a two part question for you. So, what, what, what's the, uh, what is the one player from today's game that, if you could, you would, you, you would say that he could play in you guys' era. And then the other question I have for you is, um, because you know M- mugs make comparisons all the time, man. I, I, re- I really just wanted to know that, that I've been dying to ask this question. Uh. Dramatic all, all-time Bulls versus all-time Lakers, seven games. What 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 what's happening? Woo! That's a tough one because because see where the where the equalizer is in that game. You going with Kareem or you going with Will Chamberlain? Or you going with Shaq? See, I like our chances going against Shaq, mm-hmm. but you throwing out Will Chamberlain in that, you put him on that all-time <laughs> great with Kobe and Magic and ooh, worthy. I mean, because Listen, now too. Yeah, I, I don't, he's a transplant. I don't care now. You can't, yeah, I can't get on there, Brian. No, he can't there. get on there, man. He's not. Nah, hey, yo, Brian, not on the roster. No, he's not a true Laker, man. He's not a true Laker. You only been there two years. Man. I, I'm talking about. I'm talking about guys who got years in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we couldn't even put Dennis Rodman on the Bulls if you really wanted to. But we could if we wanted to put both those guys on there. I yeah. mean, but me, a traditionalist. If you're saying let's get the guys who've been in the franchise. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, they got way more players than the Bulls do as far as great players are concerned. I mean, mm-hmm. you go down and look at their roster, you know, Magic, you know, you got Worthy, you know, Cooper. I mean, you know, Gail Goodrich, Jerry West. I mean, they go they go deep. Now, I mean, you know, our bench, we could have had Bob Love on that. You know, Bob Butterbean can score. Uh, Is A-Train you know, you your got, starter? A-Train your starter You got, you got Artis Gilmore, uh, Chet the Jet to be out there too, coming off the bench. But it'd be a good game, man. But I think the equalizer would be at the center spot mm. because I think the Bulls would would win matchups pretty much everywhere else. But that would be tough if you had to guard Kareem in a prime with that sky hook because nobody can stop that. Yeah. Uh, and then Wilt Chamberlain with his pure dominance. You know, when you talk about changing the game, you know, they changed the game because of him. Mm-hmm. So you put him out there. You put him out there. And as much as I'm going to ride or die with my Bulls, Hey, I'm going to keep it real. It'd be tough. But as long as I got black Jesus, baby, we got a shot. We got a shot. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what it comes down to. I'll ask you this, right? Because you played big man. You played against played against Shaq. You played against those guys, right? Shaq and T-Mac on, on Shaq's podcast. We got to get into your podcast as well. Give me the Hot Sauce Podcast fire content coming out every week. I love Stacey on that, man. Um, Shaq and T-Mac said that Giannis would not be the player that he was in your era of basketball because the jump shot isn't developed enough and he wouldn't have just been able to operate in the paint the way he is today. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I, I agree with it somewhat. Um, I think where he would be able to compete at because of his ability to run the floor and to be able to get up and down and, and, and I mean, the guy, I think you muted, Stacey. Let's see. Did it, did uh, there you go. Can you hear me? <laughs> gotcha. Yep. Hello? Can you hear me? We got yeah. you. We got you. So, so yeah, you would you would have a hard time. You would have a hard – Shaq would have a hard time in isolation with Giannis on the wing. Giannis would blow right by him, finish yeah. at the rim. Uh, as far as the physicality is concerned, uh, I think he would adjust. I think he would adjust. You know, I think he, his body and with the way he the way he operates around the rim, and he's so freaking long. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't see him having a problem. I see I see some people having a problem. Um, you know, as, as great a shooter as Steph Curry is, um, I think the physicality of the game and the size of the guards, but he'd have a hard time. I'm not saying he wouldn't he wouldn't be able to produce yeah. because, you know, if he got it with the right coach that that set him up to, you know, like a Reggie Miller coming off single double screens, I think he could he could he could be a killer, but as far as like, you know, when they try to compare the Bulls 72 win team versus the Golden State 72 win team and everybody thinks Golden State would win, you crazy. You crazy. <laughs> and no If those are his last words, that says it all right there. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you come back because you know I'm going to clip it on that part, right? (laughs) You crazy. Oh, that might be that might be the 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 final kibosh on stay. Oh, he's back. They stay ain't letting him stay ain't gonna let it die. I love it. (laughs) He said, I've been waiting to talk about this for a minute. Bro, this ain't gonna let it die. I love it. Oh, the connection. Why is the connection? I definitely want to ask him what's next, man. 
Stacy's one on every level. What's the next one? Stacy has one on every level. You got to give him credit for that, though. I mean, he he's like he said, like much forget, like he was a dominant player in college. Stacy King was by no means like you might like like people look at what people did in the situations in the 90s and it really just changed. Like he was a dominant player, like a 30 plus point player per game in college. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let him in. Let's see if it, let's see if it let him in. Stace, man, you got to get rid of you got to get rid of whatever the service is, brother. They, no, they, I'm, hey, listen, I'm living. It, I got my house that I'm living. In, I just moved to the city uh, in October, and so I'm okay. living in this this uh, this older house. It's got like thick walls, man. It's like a prison, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it stops. <laughs> I, I got high speed internet, man, but the walls so thick, boy. It's like I'm telling you, it's like Alcatraz up in here. <laughs> before, before we lose you again, I, I really want to know because you've won on every level. And we just mentioned it. What's next? I mean, you, you're going into podcasting. You are the voice of Chicago when it comes to sports. What's the next level for you? I'll take your spot whenever you get out the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm gonna keep doing this as, as long as the Bulls want me and as long as it's fun. Um, I'm enjoying myself. I've been I've been reinvigorated. There there was a time when Neil when Neil decided to retire, I almost jumped on that bandwagon and went with him. You know, mm -hmm. I'm also like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna go out with my boy, and uh, and then some of my friends talked me out of it. Like, no man, you still got a lot of energy. Boom, boom, boom. You know, just do it. Just do it a couple more years, and then you know you can make a decision. So then Adam came along, and Adam has kind of reinvigorated me. You know, and plus it's as you guys know, it's fun calling the games when you win it. Yeah. <laughs> when you win in when you win in when you win in the season goes by super fast. You gotta have an energy every night. You know, you gotta you gotta you gotta bring it every night. I gotta bring it every night, no matter if the team is winning or if they're losing. I gotta have the same energy level because fans pick up on that. They pick up on when you ain't in the mood. Oh, Stacy down tonight. He's upset. Like, you know, in the playoffs, I was upset about we kept doubling Giannis. And I said, man, stop doubling Giannis. And then I'm watching the Boston series yesterday. Boston stopped doubling Giannis and they won the game. They stayed on their shooters and that was the difference in the game. And then they also hit threes. But that was one of the things I said that we should have done is not double Giannis because every time you double Giannis, he knows how to find the open guy, okay? But where Milwaukee kills you, they don't kill you on the initial pass from Giannis out. They kill you on the second and third pass. So when so when you rotate out to that first pass, you, you're selling out on that. And so you got one or two guys running from a shooter in the corner. They swing the ball one, swing the ball twice, they get an even wide open jumper, and they're knocking them down. And so yesterday I heard even Stan Van Gundy say it. You know, they're not doubling Giannis, which is causing Milwaukee's problems. And now their shooters are not getting wide open looks as they did in our series. So, um, but, you know, I love this. I love this, uh, this, this organization. I've been in this organization over 30 years, you know. Hey, hey, calm down, killer dogs. Calm down. That's my, that's my, that's my secret service right there. They, they on point right there, my little bullies. They, they let you right know now. somebody messing with the internet. Hey, that's what hey, it is. Somebody, they, they, they said, I think they saw Phil Jackson out there climbing on my wall. Out there, calm down, boy. Calm down. So, so you know, you know, as long as I'm having fun, guys, and as you know, I mean, I'm having fun doing a podcast. I know you guys are having fun doing yours, and 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 because uh, you get to talk hoops, you get to do all, be crazy, uncensored. Nobody can tell you what you can and cannot say. You know, you have opinions that matter. 
Uh, you got a fan base that loves listening to you guys. And that's what I'm doing with my, my podcast. I mean, we, man, we've grown. Oh my God. I mean, we've only been on there a year and like, we're one of the top podcasts in the country. And we, and we like, I, I feel like I'm Nipsey hustle selling, selling mixtapes out of a truck. You know, we ain't got, <laughs> we, ain't, we don't got no big sponsors. We ain't out there, you know, we ain't, cause that's not what I want to do right now. Yeah. So we're doing everything on our own, you know? So, uh, and nobody can tell us what to do, what to say. And, you know, we do what we want. And I, and I, and my podcast is a little different cause we don't just talk hoops. You know, we talk everything like tomorrow on tomorrow's podcast. Who's I got, uh, Mr. Olympia, uh, 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 Dexter, the blade Jackson coming on, okay. you know, I got UFC fighters coming on. I got, you know, women's women's athletes, I got mental health people coming on. There's a lot of different things that I do on mine that I just don't want to be just like everybody else's podcast. We just talking bulls hoops all the time. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. just got to be different. You got to create your own lane. And um, hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing my hot sauce stuff now, which is take was taken off as well. Um, you know, we just got invited to this uh, hot sauce expo uh, in the summer, which I'm really looking forward to that. And we get to put our hot sauce up against uh, everybody else's hot sauce. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, just growing, man, just, you know, never being satisfied, you know, always trying to push the envelope to do different things, you know, try to make yourself as versatile as possible. Like I'm a life coach. I'm studying to be a life coach. Um, uh, I want to work with kids. I want to work with people who are, you know, struggling with everyday life. Because if you ever follow me, I'm, I'm sure you guys follow me on Instagram. Oh, yeah. I have an attack today uh, post that I always do motivational that I always send out to people every day. And I didn't know how how big that was until I stopped doing it for a couple of days. Because every day I do it. You know, I put out an attack today quote. And um, and so when I don't do it, I get all these DMs. Man, where's that? I need to get through my day with that, man. I'm like, damn. I'm like, yeah. damn. You know, I didn't know. I mean, I just do it just to be doing it. And I've been doing it probably for about 10 years. And so uh, that's something that I, I like doing. Uh, I'm going to get into motivational speaking. Um, mm -hmm. That's my next. That's my that's the end game for me. Uh, once I get done with this, I don't know how many years left I have on this. Um, you know, as long as like I said, as long as it's fun, as long as the Bulls love me and they treat me good. You know, I'm here. You know, I've turned down doing TNT. I've turned down doing ESPN because I love Chicago. Uh, it's a big city. It's a big city. Uh, I'm on a national market. You, you can't get, listen, I've been very blessed and I don't take the blessings for granted. Um, I didn't have to start in a small market and work my way up, spend 10, 12 years working my way up. You know, I go from playing on one of the greatest teams ever to I coached, I went end up coaching for three or four years in the CBA. Um, and then being able to come back here and, uh, you know, Steve Shanwald, you know, uh, Jerry Krause brought me in to, to do broadcasting, do an analyst work. And, um, you know, I got my start with, with, uh, you know, sports channel, which turned out to be Comcast. Yeah. And I was doing the pre and post game. And so that's how I got my start. And, you know, uh, I parlayed that into ESPN gig doing, you know, big 12 games, you know, just, I tell young broadcasters all the time when they say, Hey, I want to, you know, I want to do what you're doing. And my, my advice to them is, is to, first of all, uh, don't turn anything down. You know, don't be, don't think you're too big to do anything. You know what I'm saying? If you, if you're in college and you're going to broadcasting and journalism school, you know, if you got to call a girls high school basketball game, do it. If you got to call a women's soccer game, do it, you know, do as much work behind the mic as possible to get that experience and be able to use that as a resume to parlay that into something else. Cause a lot of times, you know, everybody want to hit a home run. 
Because you mean in baseball, you know, ain't nothing wrong getting on base. The whole objection is get on base. Whether you get walked, <laughs> whether you get hit by a pitch, or whether you hit the ball. The, the objection is to get on base. And so in this field, as you know, it's hard as hell to get in these roles. Because if you, like say a play-by-play guy, them dudes normally 40 years. They stay on that mic for 40 years. Yeah. And guys in my role stay on just as long. So there's not a lot of opportunity. So whenever you get an opportunity, you got to make it to the point where they they feel like we don't ever want this guy to leave. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of people that get, you know, they come and go, you know. But if you're good at what you do and you have a fan base like I do, you know, because uh, without my fan base, you know, without the Bulls Nation, baby, you know, they could be all, 16 sucks, you know, that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> but they don't, you know, just like you, you people tune in your show. Obviously, you guys are good at what you do. That's why people tune in. That's yeah. like, I follow you. I know, I know all about your show on YouTube. So, so, you know, when you called me to come on, I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. No problem. You know, because I'm always, my philosophy is to pay it back, you know, pay yeah. it forward. So I see you guys doing what you're doing. And if I can help you in any way by coming on your show, then boom, I'm there to help y'all, you know, and same thing with anybody else that I, I mean, I did a high school kids podcast the other day, you know, he was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I got you on. I can't believe you answered me. I'm like, bro, I'm like, man, I read, I read all texts. I read all tweets. I read all DMS. Okay. And like I said, if I can help someone and pay it forward, Cause you know, it's tough. It's tough to get people to come on your podcast. You know, it's yeah. tough to get people to commit because everybody's so busy or then some people are like, what is it in for them? What, what do I get out of it? It's like, it's not what you get out of it. It's you're helping someone else. That's what you're getting out of it. I'm helping, I'm helping someone else, you know, broaden their horizon and be able to branch out even further. Yeah. Cause somebody had to help me. So people had to help me. So when I call guests, you know, every guest I bring on helps me. Yeah, I, I had a porn star on my uh, on my, on my <laughs> podcast, but I'm gonna tell you, she had, hey, y'all laughing? Y'all laughing? She, hey, yo, oh, I'm getting comfortable hey, now. Hey, hey, I thought we hey, were closing the show. We're hey, just opening up now. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. She had like she had like 12 million followers. Mm. <laughs> hey, you know, in this game, it's about followers. Yeah, and you know, 90 percent of them is dudes that watch sports. Exactly. You know the guys. <laughs> The guys that be sweating and, and hands all moist. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, they followed her. They followed her to my podcast. They're like, oh, Stacey King, give me the hot sauce. You know, they, they, he see, give me the hot sauce. Is that a porn? Let me check that out. And then they, they get on there. I, I done lured them in, Pat. I done lured them in. They thought it was a porn show. They give me the hot sauce. They thought it was some pornographic stuff. And then when I had, then I had, uh, then I had the young lady on. And she, and we, listen, and be honest with you, she was a she she talks MMA. She has an MMA podcast where she talk, and I'm a big MMA fan. If you ever notice any of my tweets, I know all the UFC. I'm a big yeah. UFC fan, big boxing fan. So I'm in the in into that kind of stuff, combat sports. So we brought her on with all her followers to talk sports because mm -hmm. she knows sports. She's from Detroit. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. She knew about the Bulls Detroit rivalries. We talked about that. And I was going, I was gonna move away from even talking about anything about the you know adult film. My boy Mark Shanowski decided, you know, before we get ready to let her go, you know, Mark, like, uh, you know, it, it would be bad for me if I didn't ask you. And yeah. as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, man, we're, oh, no. we're going down. We're going down. You're going to ask. And he started asking her about, you know, her, and we kept it respectable. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't anything bad. We kept it respectable. Yeah. And she appreciated that. You know, we, we, we didn't act like some, 
you know, some horny dudes or anything. We just, you know, it was very respectful because <laughs> you have to respect your guests when they come on, whether you agree with what they say. Like we had Nick Fredell on. Nick, Nick is Nick is my dude, but he's a bull Chicago hater. villain right now. He, he's he's a bull hater. So every time we have him on the show, we have these spirited conversations. We we go at it. So, but that don't mean you know whether you agree with it or not. You know, you can say something. I, I I'm not gonna get mad. I'm just gonna we just gonna agree to disagree. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it it's good for your podcast to have. Call us. Come on, Stacy, fight through it. Fight back, fight back. Ah <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. They call she Stacy. <laughs> Bill oh. Jackson, leave my get me my internet alone, bro. Bill Jackson. Hey, uh, Stace, first things first. We appreciate you so much for paying forward and showing us love. I had a blast, man. I had a blast. Really do. Y'all don't understand. Y'all don't know the background. Stacy said, I got 25, 30 minutes. I was fully ready to get Stacy out of here in 25, 30 minutes. <laughs> he 110% was just like, nah, I'm here. We kicking it. I see yeah, yeah. I'm good, man. I'm good. I, you know what? I, when, I, when I'm having fun and I'm enjoying the conversation, like, I feel like I'm in a bar right now with friends. Like I'm, we just tripping and talking about basketball. We talking about stuff that's going on in the NBA. And I, I, I mean, there's been times after a game, I'll be talking to security guard. He'll roll up on me, and it really should be like a five minute conversation. I end up almost spending the night in the UC. <laughs> my, my girl hey. be calling me. Are you coming home? I'm like, man, what time is it? Oh shit, it's like an hour and a half. I said, yeah, I gotta go, bro. You, I'm trying to keep a happy home. You get ready to get me thrown out at the crib. <laughs> hey, man. hey, definitely don't do that, Stace. Because no. uh, if you just got to say, uh, the couch does pull out, brother. Don't worry about it. We got to here. <laughs> hey, well, hey, I'm, we got I'm, a, I'm a friend of the program, man. So I'll, I'll definitely pop back on. I appreciate you, it. Hey, I hope we can get you on. Like I said, we're going to be calling the finals. Maybe we can get you in here for that. We do got to shout out Stace with the hot sauce game. Oh, oh yeah. He's hey. killing the game out here. Oh. Oh. He is killing the game hey, yeah, out we, here. We, we definitely got to cut that. On some hey. of Stacy's hot sauce. Hey, we got to drop the mic. Hold up, hold up. We gonna put we gonna put a full screen right there. Go ahead, stay. Show the oh, hot sauce say. for the people, man. Burn man. my camera. There you go. There you go. Y'all get in tune on that, man. Make sure y'all check out. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna tell y'all right now. We just came out with a new flavor because we had all we listened to the fans. I'm a man of the people, so the fans, the fans said we want we want a little bit hotter one, Stacy. So I came out with a new one. It's called Chicago Fire 1871. Okay, Ooh. back for all the history buffs. All the history buffs. That's all a tough name, dog. I ain't gonna <laughs> lie. Hey, hey, all the history buffs. You know your history about that Chicago fire. I got you. That's, That's where we got name, the idea. <laughs> hey, it's hot as hell. Hey, it will, hey, hey, it'll have you dial a 911. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta drop the link, man. We gotta buy some. Oh, man. oh, let me, oh let me baby, hey, get 21% off, baby. Get 21% off. 21% off. Make sure y'all are checking out Stacy's Hot Sauce over at GiveMeTheHotSauce.com. Hey, also, Pat, send me, send, me your, send me your address, man, and uh, I'll send you some. Y'all don't got to buy oh, it. I'll send you some. Y'all you can, 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 give me some love on the show when oh, y'all get it. You know we're going to try it on the show. Make sure you try it on the show. I want people to know yeah, I want people to know how good it tastes. Here's, 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 here's going to be the tough part, right? I still got to call the game. 
So yeah. are you ready to jump in on play by play if I start dying from Chicago <laughs> Fire 1871? Yes, yeah. You know what? You know what? But you know what? You got your own hot sauce now, so you ain't gotta I don't even gotta say it. You'd be like, you can tell your girl in the kitchen, baby, give me the hot sauce. She'd come in with hot sauce, you good. <laughs> hey, long as she know what it means, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey she'll like it too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh man. No, you just reminded me of that. We got to get paid for this episode. Hey, fellas, it's time to dig yourself out of that winter hibernation. Spring is here. It's time to get sprung with Blue Chew. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, confidence can take you far in life, and it can help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes oh. time to uh, – what you say, Stacey? Step oh, up to it. you like it, too. <laughs> That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique <laughs> online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. Is the thing, Stace, you ever had that? You ever know that awkward guy? He don't want to go to the doctor because he don't want to talk to the doc about an issue he got? Listen, I told my boy, sign up at Blue Chew. It's simple. Consult with their licensed medical providers. Once the process is approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Best part, done online. No awkward doctor's visits. No awkward conversation. No line at the pharmacy where you got to look over your shoulder, see if somebody's watching what you're getting. Blue Chew mm -hmm. tablet today right here in the U.S. of A. Prepared to ship direct to your door in a discreet package so the neighbors don't know what's going on. You exactly. You, you over at Walgreens, somebody said, oh, you getting that Blue Chew right now? <laughs> it, it, it worked. Yeah, that Bluetooth, Bluetooth work, boy. I got some last night. <laughs> so if you can benefit from a little bit of extra confidence when it's time to perform, Bluetooth can help. Be just like Stacey King. Stacey, I got a deal for you right here. Uh, try Bluetooth free. We use our promo code Windy City at checkout, and you pay just $5 in shipping. That is bluechew.com, promo code Windy City, and you're paying just $5 in shipping. Your first month is free when you visit bluechew.com. Make sure you visit there and check out important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the show. And we also thank Stacy King for tuning into the show, man. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. <laughs> Stace, we hope to have you on soon, man. Let everybody know your socials if they don't know already. First off, you're under a rock. And let everybody know uh, uh, where they can check you out next. Yeah, you can, you can check me out on Instagram, uh, Twitter. I mean, everybody pretty much knows my handles out there. It's all the same. <laughs> and then if you, want, if you want a bottle of hot sauce, uh, uh, Bulls Nation, go to GiveMeTheHotSauce.com and get your bottle today. Four flavors. We got, we got the St. Pat's Verde Green, which is my favorite on Mexican food. Awesome. And then we got the uh, we got the barbecue sauce. So you're gonna be barbecuing this summer. You gotta make sure you get King's Q because that's also nice. And then, like, like I said, twenty one percent off uh, if you sign up and go get it today. Hey, I ain't gonna lie to you. Stay somebody gave you a nickname out here. Shout out Chicago Rilla, Saucy King out here. Don't play with him. You gotta keep it. You gotta hold on to that one. That's a good one. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Bulls she... Nation, Bulls Nation. No, I got nothing but love for Bulls Nation, man. And you guys keep doing what you're doing, man. There's a, you got a great fan base that that really appreciates what you do, and uh, keep growing your channel. Keep doing what you're doing on YouTube, man. It's gonna catch fire, and uh, trust me. That I, I watch how y'all do that. I'm like, man, that'd be pretty nice if you're doing that. Like, you know, if we like when we couldn't call the playoffs in the second round, that'd be something that that I would I would want to do. Call a game that way uh, on YouTube, like you guys do. That's pretty cool. Hey, we, we would love to have you on, get you a test run in the final states. Hey, Chicago, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. We appreciate Stace for tuning in. For your boy, Pat the Designer, we got the pettiest man in the building, Mr. P. Kid, and, of course, the man formerly known as Ringo J. Stefan Adon in the chat. Hey, yo, Chicago, we just gave y'all an hour and a half of fire right there. That's <laughs> the about that, man. <laughs> <laughs>